The reality is that our time in this world is limited, and what we choose to do with that time can dictate how long our existence will remain in the minds of others. And so very few are afforded this opportunity to create something of meaning that will surely outlive them for years to come. Yet, at what cost does this have on our personal lives with those that choose to love us in the present? In today's episode, I reviewed a movie about two former friends, torn apart at the seams as one wrestles with the meaning of his existence. I'm your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Welcome back, cuties, to another episode of That's My Cue, your one-stop podcast to get the latest reviews in all things TV shows, movies, albums, and games. Right now, I'm coming to you live, or at least live in relevance to the past, through the comfort of my own hotel room. That's right, I'm on the go again, which is fine. I like what I do for work, but it also does delay uh, TMQ a little bit. So, I am you know, just excited to record and be with you in the moment anyway. So thank you for listening to episode 91. That is crazy. We're almost close to episode 100. TMQ started as a small little project and now we're almost there at the 100 episode mark. I, and I, I feel really excited because, you know, I, you know, am, am happy to do this consistently for you and to deliver any reviews that I feel like would be interesting for me to talk about, and I am also happy to see the, you know, listener count go up every week in in terms of, like, you know, who is probably listening to the show for the first time, because I there's ways for me to definitely tell, and I am excited that you're here, because, uh, the, like I say at, at the end of every episode, the support is greatly appreciated, and... Um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's very humbling to have created almost a hundred episodes of something. And I feel like a lot of people who, um, might start up a podcast kind of faces the inevitable lull of, well, I don't know if anyone's actually listening to this or it's hard to organize everyone together to record this podcast. So, you know, sometimes some shows live or die before the hundred uh, episode mark. So I hope to get there. I'm really excited to talk to you about uh, this week's movie, and I apologize for the sound of my voice again. I, I feel like I'm getting – I just got over losing my voice, and now I'm going over what possibly might be a small little, like, uh, weather cold or whatever. Anyways, so if you hear me sniffling or, you know, clearing my throat, I do apologize. It does not make sonically for a great listening experience, but I am here for you in spirit, in support. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about this week's movie then. This week we're going to be talking all about um, a movie that I didn't have on my radar at all. I was just kind of, you know, stumbling upon this through TikTok and it has a cast that I am definitely a big fan of and let's ju just jump right into it. This week we're going to be talking all about The Banshees of Inishirin, which was released on October 21st, 2022. Written and directed by Martin McDonough, this movie stars Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon, and Barry Cohen. On the Irish Isle of Inishirin lived two men who were the closest of friends. That is, until one of them had inexplic inexplicably cut ties, leaving the other worried and confused regarding the reasoning behind the sudden split. Now as the two men come to a head for their ideals, violence, loneliness, 
and even death awaits. Described as a tragic comedy, nothing befits the movie with a more accurate description than the latest entry within uh, Martin McDonough's filmography about two former friends caught in a dispute that is shrouded in a brooding cloud of despair. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson masterfully weave through the film's sharply funny script with plenty of heartbreak in between as both are stubborn in their ways. McDonough's writing examines an aspect of male loneliness in a way that is poignant and underrepresented when it comes to existential questions about the satisfaction of one's life and whether or not they've done enough to feel fulfilled with what they have lived through. Set within the backdrop of the Irish Civil War, McDonough utilizes this looming political conflict to mirror the tension between uh, Farrell and Gleason's characters as it brews more and more, with a more personal war being waged amongst the two. Carrie Condon and Barry Cohen also fills in the ranks of the ensemble as excellent supporting characters that further shades the necessity of the relationships within Farrell's characters' life. The Banshees of Inishirin's endearing story also features beautiful cinematography, captured amongst gorgeous landscapes of the Irish countryside, with a score by Carter Burrell that encapsulates the sadness that underlines the film. McDonough's film is consistently funny, while also hitting the downbeat of tragedy with every chance that he gets. Farrell and Gleason give outstanding performances that further and further devolve into a bitter and violent climax that leaves both characters forever changed. The Banshees of Inishirin is a film that asks its audience if the cost of longevity is worth the price of our interpersonal relationships, and it's a worthwhile theme to consider, leaving an impression that lasts quite a while after it's over. And I'm going to have to give this movie a 9 out of 10, and you can watch this exclusively right now on HBO Max, and I highly recommend it. It's right now up for an Oscar, so definitely check it out. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, let's go ahead and cap things off with some things that I'm currently into. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today on our program, we're talking all about, well, we just talked about the Banshees of Inishirian, but let's go ahead and dive into some things that I'm currently into. This week, I kind of checked out a lot of stuff that I am excited to uh, update you guys on. So first off, we have The Last of Us. I talked about this last week, and I got to say, episodes two and three, they're really good. And yeah, man, episode three with Nick Offerman, chef's kiss. It is possibly one of the best pieces of television that I've seen in quite a while, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to have these one-off episodes or one-offer-man episodes where y- you can kind of change the source material in a way that feels meaningful and, if not better, and an improvement from the source material. Because, you know, yeah, having played the game, going into this show, I'm kind of expecting sort of not necessarily a beat-for-beat recreation of the story, but more or less staying in line with the details of it. And when it spends in whole, like a whole episode deviating from it, 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 it's pleasantly surprising because it doesn't really detract from the overall experience of what The Last of Us means as a, as a story and as a narrative for uh, the context of its themes. And I think that even though we didn't get a, a lot of uh, Joel and Ellie, I'm hoping that the rest of the season helps us, you know, further solidify their bond even more. And it looks like episode four might deliver just that. And I wouldn't mind a little more of these, uh, it, um, it, it, like, encapsulated episodes as well. 
But yeah, I mean, Kate also had to watch it separately and she texted me her uh, reaction photo of, um, you know, her face after watching episode three. And yeah, tears were definitely shed. So check it out. I, I think you would like it if you haven't caught on to the hype just yet. Up next on my currently list, we have Infinity Pool. This is a movie starring Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. I was going to do a dedicated episode of TMQ on this, so I'm kind of debating if I really should or not. But honestly, I feel like next week's episode is going to be a little more meaningful in terms of the hype behind it. So I will probably do that instead. So here's my quick thoughts on Infinity Pool. It is mediocre. I, I think that um, Brandon Cronenberg's movie is trying to be a little more, um, you know, uh, deep with its themes than it tries to be and comes off as a little shallow, pretentious, and just overall boring. Uh, I, I think that the hype around its grotesqueness and, you know, uh, body horror was just a little overhyped. I was kind of expecting more from, you know, the son of Cronenberg, but, you know, it just, it, it, it was okay. It, it, felt kind of um, self-serving and self-satisfying and it just didn't really, you know, grip me in the way that I, I thought it was going to just because, you know, I felt like the, the cast was stacked. Aside from Skarsgård and Mia Goth, the rest of the cast is kind of obnoxious. It, it, I don't know. I just didn't really like any of the actors outside of them. And even then, you know, both of uh, both Skarsgård and Goth were kind of straddling the line of being a little annoying. So, I don't know. Check it out. I feel like Mia Goth kind of does this kind of wailing screech a lot, you know, that she did in X and Pearl, which I felt like worked for that character more in those movies. And I don't know if, if that's just her overall gimmick. It's kind of, kind of hard for me to be excited for another Mia Goth-led horror movie. Up next is kind of a throwback. This is Best in Show. And if you haven't watched Best in Show, this is a early 2000s movie uh, starring, you know, uh, Eugene Levy. And it is a mockumentary that uh, I am surprisingly, you know, a, a big fan of because Best in Show is kind of deadpan in the way that it delivers its jokes. A lot of the, the dialogue is improvised, and if you're a big fan of Schitt's Creek, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara is also in this movie as Eugene Levy's wife as well. So I think there's a lot for you to di digest and to really enjoy. There, it's it's stacked with a huge cast. You have, you know, you have uh, Jane Lynch. You also have, oh man, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Oh my, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I was, I, I, all I, uh, okay, here's how, how I, you know, forcibly recalled her name into my brain. I was just thinking of the line where she goes, I want a hot dog real bad. It's not the best Jennifer Coolidge impression at all, by any means. But by focusing on that line, I was able to pull up Coolidge's name. So, didn't have to Google activate, so that was pretty good. But, yeah, I, you know, like mockumentaries in general. I think it, this one is um, more in the spectrum of uh, a mockumentary that actually feels like a, 
actual documentary, which is pretty good because I feel like mockumentaries like uh, Parks and Rec, later seasons of The Office, or even Abbott Elementary, they just feel like you, you could tell through the way that they're delivering their lines that it's a scripted show rather than having the lines feel more organically said in um, in a documentary format. So I, I feel like that's always kind of the uh, caveat when it comes to these mockumentaries. But yeah, check it out. Best in Show was we we watched it on Amazon Prime, so you have to rent it. So if you're if there's a way for you to uh, legally stream it, you know, uh, definitely check it out. And finally, on my currently list, we have Spotlight. Now, this is kind of a heavy movie uh, that is that that was kind of hard to watch. Now, if you don't know what Spotlight is about, uh, Spotlight was a movie that was released in 2015, won Best Picture at the Oscars, and it's about the journal uh, the journalist team over in Boston that investigated the Catholic Church and the scandals uh, amongst the priests and um, uh, their sexual abuse victims during, I think, I want to say it's like the early 2000s. Yeah, because I, I remember there's a scene in the movie where they also address 9-11 as well. And it is a very heavy movie to watch, especially if you uh, grew up uh, within the faith as well. And so, you know, it, it, it definitely is an important movie, and it is a movie that should be uh, watched and talked about because it is a reality of the church that uh, has to be, you know, acknowledged. And I think that the performances and the writing is really good. I think the whole cast is just, you know, from top to bottom, you know, giving it their all. And Mark Ruffalo really has a lot of great moments in this movie as well. But yeah, I I saw it on uh, HBO Max, had to check it out. And I think that it's a movie that if it, it interests you, definitely give it a watch. But yeah, let me know what's on your current list. And that's the end of this week's episode. You know, I love to talk about everything, you know. And if there's a TV show, movie, album, or game that you want me to discuss on a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast or on Twitter through uh, at Q Podcast. You can also email the show at That's My Q Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can also send in late reviews for any episodes that I've covered in the past. I'd love to read them in a future episode, so don't feel shy to you know maybe send in an episode re- review for I don't know maybe um, the menu or I don't know cr- uh, like Cobra Kai or something. Like if there's some uh, 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 like a piece of television or movie that I covered in a long ago episode, definitely send in those reviews because I, I want to know your thoughts. But also be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts on and on Spotify. You know the whole drill. This all brings attention for the show. And I feel like at the rate that the show is growing, we should keep on growing the show. But of course, like I say uh, uh, through every week, and like I mentioned at the top of the episode, that your support is greatly appreciated. And just by you listening, it really helps a lot as well. I got to thank J1K for the use of their music, Captured Soul from the School Days B-Tape, which you can find on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com. Next week's episode is a movie that I am hesitant to watch. Uh, It is a movie that uh, is directed by M. Night uh, Shyamalan that I am not sure... uh, uh, Wait, hold on. I just... Sorry, I kind of had a brain fart because I just realized how I said his name. M. Night Shyamalan. 
Man, I always forget which one's the correct pronunciation. Anyways, I'm going to be talking about uh, Knock at the Cabin. If you listen to my episode uh, from uh, Shyamalan's uh, previous movie, Old, you'd kind of know why I'm a little hesitant to go into Knock at the Cabin. But be sure to come back next week. We'll definitely uh, talk more about it. And as always, I'm going to leave you off with a quote. And this quote comes from none other than Colin Farrell's character who says, We won't call it quits. We'll call it the start. Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ong, and... That's my cue.